Okay. Lauren, how do I sound? You're still, still cutting out. Okay. Wait. So my phone There, is on- there. You're good now. You're good now. <laughs> I'm good now? Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. Cool. Let's roll with it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hello, everyone. You are listening to Peace with Peace, Season 2, Episode 2. Sorry, we're having technical difficulties, and I wanted to make sure you all could hear me. But Lauren said you could hear me now, so yes. here we go. <laughs> um, so in case this is your first time tuning in, Peace with Peace is a podcast series that allows others to share their story because it will inspire others. I, Alexa, the host, I interview women about their self-love journey, what beauty means to them, and any other personal experience they want to share because, again, your story will inspire others. Today we have Lauren. Hi, everyone. Hey, Lauren. Hey. Um, A little bit about her. She is 27. She just got married and bought a house. She's an artist and works at a salon. Her passions are raising awareness for mental health and invisible illnesses. She is dedicated to making sure no one feels alone in their struggles. Um, Okay, Lauren. So before we get started, I just want to do a quick release. Um, I want to make sure I have your permission to use your name, your likeliness, your any information you share um, that you understand that this recording will be shared and it has the potential to go throughout the world, cross your fingers, maybe, <laughs> but definitely around the community. Um, so this recording will have listeners and I just want to make sure that you know that I am the owner of this content. Does that sound good to you? Yep. That's all fine. Sweet. Okay. So, um, let's just jump right in to our little interview. Lauren, what does beauty mean to you? Well, as you said, I work in a salon. So, the main focus of my everyday life is, of course, physical beauty, the hair, the makeup, the nails, and weight loss is a big topic in the salon that I work at. And I am a plus size woman. So, it's not always easy for, easy for me to listen to that kind of stuff, especially since I have a um, eating disorder history. So since I'm in that um, atmosphere every day, um, I try not to let it affect my outlook on beauty because to me, beauty is so much more than just physical, you know? Um, I really think that it's very a cliche saying is that beauty comes from within. I definitely believe that. It's how you treat people. Um, and I think it's also, you know, more felt than seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? I think weight loss is so normalized yes. that I don't think others know that it can be potentially triggering. Because I think when we talk about weight loss, I hear a lot of people um, sharing tips and tricks. Yeah. Oh, try this diet, or I've been doing this, and can't you tell I lost a few pounds? And it's so normalized that, especially females, it's so normalized for females to talk that way. Right. And look at our bodies like that. Um, and it makes it's supposed to make us feel good. Yes. If we lost weight or we're, um, it's supposed to make us feel, I don't know, more beautiful. And that is so triggering to people with an eating disorder history. And honestly, I can't remember the last time I heard 
someone say, um, yeah, all I ate was a salad today and it's this new diet I'm doing. And then I'll just eat a candy bar for dinner and then I'll be done. And I already lost 20 pounds. Right. I can't remember the last time I heard someone say something like that. And of course, that's just an example. Right. And me feel more beautiful after hearing them say that. Like, I don't, that's never happened for me. Um, when anyone talks about stuff like that, I don't feel more beautiful after the conversation ever. Right. I mean, how you said it's um, hard for you. So I'm guessing it doesn't make you feel more beautiful either. It doesn't because I'm, I'm usually the biggest one in the room. I'm the heaviest person in the room. So like there's a small woman sitting there and she's saying, Oh my gosh, I'm so big. I have to, you know, I have to do something about this. I'm just getting out of control here. And I'm like, well, sis, if you think that of yourself, what the heck are you thinking looking at me? You know, like it just it does that to my mind and I also want to I want to agree with you when you said that um a lot of times people when they want to lose weight it's just because they they are feeling um worthless or just not beautiful and losing weight if if you don't get to the root of that problem and like deal with your own like internal issues even if you lose weight you're not going to feel beautiful and me personally when I got married I I had that moment of like, okay, I'm going to be a bride. The thing that brides are supposed to do is like hit the gym right away so that you're ready for that wedding day. And it Mm -hmm. triggered my eating disorder right away. I was like weighing myself too much. I I didn't want to eat. And I can truthfully say I, I quit the dieting. I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not ruining this happy moment for me. I got married at the heaviest weight I've ever been in my life. And I felt the most beautiful. I felt the most loved. I felt the most proud of my work because I did all the flowers and everything myself. And my weight was not something even on my mind that day, you know? You go, girl. (laughs) You go, girl. Because in two things I want to touch on, people are not aware of what they're saying and how that can come off to somebody else. So, like, that's something to be aware of. Yes, absolutely. If you're talking about how crappy you feel for looking a certain way, you can absolutely offend someone else in the room. And I know that's not your goal in that, but yeah, be aware of that. That's yes. Sucks. Um, and the second thing too, the bride, the expectations, expectations we have around big events in our life like for people who have a history of really like eating disorders or any type of uh, addiction or anything like that big life events trigger us to relapse on those behaviors and those thoughts because you want to impress your family that you haven't seen in a while and you don't want them to think like whoa she's let herself go Mm -hmm. right because there's this heavy expectation there's this crazy expectation um that we feel we have to meet Mm -hmm for others in that moment when you're like you know what I'm not doing it I'm worried about how I feel in this moment and how you said I'm also proud of yourself for making the decorations and um, finding someone you want to spend your life with that deserves all your attention and I'm so proud of you for not um for letting the other stuff go because it's not easy yep absolutely you go girl and you're talented for being able to make all those pieces because um 
that is something I could not do. So you go, girl. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that your husband, did he play any role in your self-acceptance journey? Like, probably, I would say the biggest part. And I, I definitely know that you should never wrap your self-worth into, you know, what another person thinks of you. But for me personally, I grew up, like, I've had health issues my whole life. The The first main one that I dealt with was asthma, and I had to be on prednisone, which is a steroid, for almost my whole childhood. And it, it made me hungry, it made me swell up, and I, I just ate because I didn't know I didn't know anything different. I just knew that when you're hungry, you eat. So I just ate and ate and ate. And I've always mm-hmm. been kind of, you know, the fat girl. And of course, in, in elementary school, middle school, you get picked on for that. So it got so bad that I actually had to leave public school. And through my whole public school experience, I was, you know, really depressed. I was suicidal at some times. I, um, that's when I kind of started my eating disorder, although I didn't know it was an eating disorder. I just thought, you know, I'm just going to eat whatever I want, throw it up, and not gain weight, and that'll be that easy, you know? So mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. my self-worth on how poorly I was being treated, so that left, you know, a bad view of myself in my head, and then when I when I left public school, things got better because I had friends and stuff, but then I got involved mm-hmm. with the boys. And all the boyfriends that I had were all, you know, not really the greatest kind of guys to be with. Um, I had one particular boyfriend that really reminded me, I've never been with a big girl before. You're the biggest girl I've ever been with. Oh, and and your makeup, I can see it. It doesn't look that good today. Like those little things really stick with you. So my self-worth, I really, I mean, I, I had a good home life. My parents told me I was beautiful every day, but I was around people outside of the home that made me feel poorly. And then my husband, he was my first real boyfriend, and he not only loves and accepts everything about me, my weight, I'm real hairy because I have PCOS. I mean, there's a lot about me that I, in my head, have told myself, nobody's ever going to love you because of these things. He, I mean, dare I say it, it turns him on. Like, he loves, <laughs> he loves every bit of me. And seeing him love me so much, it, I, it made me look at myself and think, I must not be too bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So relationships play a heavy role in how we view ourselves. And it, so I think a lot of stuff says like it starts at home, yeah. but there's so many things outside. So your whole life is not in right. the house. You're going to walk out of that house and you're going to meet a lot of people. And, um, there is no education, or at least when we were in school, I don't know. Um, I've had opportunities to talk in schools, and I'm sure, like, curriculum has changed. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what an eating disorder was. I didn't know how to love myself. That stuff's not taught to you. There's no education on this stuff. Um, and it sounds like you didn't have any of that no. your way either. <laughs> so all we learn is from media and other people talking and all these beliefs that are passed down is fat equals right. bad and skinny equals good. So if people make you feel fat, they make you feel bad because that's what you associate it with. But then when you take yourself away from those people and you said you got friends at your new mm-hmm. school, that made you feel yeah. better. So I'm accepted now for who I am and I have friends. 
But then you mentioned boys and how they made you feel bad about yourself again. And it's like, okay, so you never been with a girl as big as me. Do you want like an award or a cookie? <laughs> because this is, yeah, like, do you want, like, this is mutually great. Like, I like you, you like me, stop bringing up right. something. Like, it sounds very, um, you're trying to insult me. You're trying to get power and control over me by trying to make me feel less mm-hmm. than. That's not cool. So, actually, I win in this relationship because I'm going to leave and do me and feel great about myself. And you're still going to try to make me right. feel little. So, you, because you didn't marry that person. You married yes. Taylor. <laughs> So you won by leaving and getting away from that because no one needs that. No one needs that type of hate and shame in their relationship. Mm-hmm. So, and Taylor, it sounds like he's really like finalized your, well, I shouldn't say finalized because self-growth, self-love right. never stops, but it sounds like he really like kicked it up. He did, notch. especially because I, I really feel like self-love, like you got to deal with, you know, accepting your outward appearance and then after you get that kind of, you know, taken care of, you got to start looking at the inside, you know, like, and just like accepting, like for me, I'm, I'm still having a hard time accepting the fact that I'm living with chronic illness and it's a burden to my family. It's a burden to my job. Like that's something that I have to work on. And that's, that's part of self-love because that's me, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. That's Mm -hmm. who I am. Right. And you can't change stuff like that and I feel like it takes a lot to I don't know I feel like there would be guilt associated with that like you would feel yeah so you'd feel guilty and you would feel bad that you were I don't know holding other people back or whatever just a lot of guilt associated with that so that would be like one obstacle we have to Mm -hmm. overcome before you even are able in a place to accept where you are did you see that or like how did that play out for you well I'd say right now during this pandemic especially um they say you know people with pre-existing illnesses and um you know pre-existing lung conditions I have all of the above um I've had to like say no to parties I had to say no to weddings I I'm actually off work right now for a small period of time just to be safe so I don't catch this COVID and like not everybody has that mindset so like I've been sitting in my house for a while like beating myself up about you know like I'm I'm a burden to my boss I'm a burden I'm a burden to my husband because he's carrying the weight of the of the bills I'm not getting paid you know um Mm -hmm. it's just it's a burden all around um having to accept that you're sick and it's going to not only affect you for your whole life, but everybody around you has to deal with it too. And it's, it's a really crappy situation, you know? Yeah. I hear what you're saying. And I feel like the issues that existed prior to COVID. So these struggles of feeling beautiful and like finding yourself worse. If you were even in a good place. COVID came Absolutely. and blew the roof off. Everybody's been locked because... up <laughs> with just their thoughts. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and you're yeah, you're locked up with your thoughts, and you, I mean, you have time to reflect, which can be a good thing, but also it's putting people in a really bad spot. Like you said, I have to say mm-hmm. no to things. Um, I can't go here. My husband has more weight on his shoulders now, like with the bills, and it's just like, 
Wow. COVID really took something and yes. magnified it. Like, definitely for sure, COVID came and blew the roof off. One good thing I will say, though, um, and I challenge anybody to try this um, if we if we have to be locked up again or if you're quarantining yourself. I have found, like, like I said, I work in a salon. I'm around people all day. I'm constantly judging myself based on how other people are talking about themselves. The time that I was quarantined, I not once thought about, like, I didn't have to think about what other people were thinking about me. Like, I actually started mm-hmm. feeling myself, like, more than ever. Oh, okay. Because I, I wasn't hearing those voices of, I, I think I'm fat, I have to lose weight, or, oh, I hate I hate these wrinkles, like, my lips are too small. Like, I wasn't around all that. So, like, stepping away from that for a bit made me not do that to myself, not pick myself apart. So, if, if anybody is locked up, take that time to look at yourself without anybody else's, you know, judgments on themselves and just appreciate who you are. Appreciate your little lips, appreciate your flat chest because that's just who you are. And, Mm -hmm. you know, life is short. You may not ever be this perfect version of yourself that you have in your head. So today you have to like love yourself as you are and just work with what you have, you know? Yes. I love that challenge. I'll take you <laughs> up on that challenge Be- because comparison is the yes. still of joy. Literally anytime you compare yourself to, and I just posted this in peace with peace group on Facebook. Anytime you compare yourself to others, automatic, no, don't do that. But even comparing yourself to how you were before, yes. don't do that. Like it was this post where it was like, me versus high school yeah what <laughs> like you're supposed like why why is that even a thing you're supposed to grow mm-hmm. you're supposed to change you're supposed to do these things so don't it's doing yourself such an right. injustice by comparing yourself it's robbing anyone. you of getting to love yourself fully you know right in in today love yourself fully yes. in today because today's right. gift Especially if we go back to COVID. I mean, there are things knocking people Mm -hmm. out on this world. There's a lot of bad things. And we need to be thankful for the time that we have in our bodies and with the people that we love. Yeah, like life isn't rainbows and life with your friends and family isn't always perfect. But that's what it is. Um, Yeah, I definitely think... That is a good challenge for people to to definitely do that. And it's funny. Um, I'm proud of you for like the social media affect you because sometimes like when I'm not around people, I'll get on social media and then I'll start comparing myself there. Like, do you, how do you prevent yourself from doing that? Well, uh, well, you know, we grew up right when social media was getting big, so I mean, we were bombarded with it at the at the tender years that you know matter like our teenage years so Mm -hmm. I mean people tend to only post the best parts of themselves the best angles um the the good news Mm -hmm. um and something I'm really passionate about another thing I'm passionate about is I like sharing the nitty-gritty dirty stuff like yes post your good angle but then make sure 
you if, if you want to inspire somebody for real forget the good angle post it if you want but then make sure you post one without the filter and without the good angle and say by the way this is what i really look like i just felt myself in that picture so that's why i posted it but i just want to let you all know like yeah. this is what i really look like so don't feel bad about yourself you know and like yeah sharing, like bad news like i've been told that i'm i'm too open i share too much but like I literally have felt alone my whole life, like with my health struggles, with being bullied. Like, I'm like, I'm the only one who has a body like this. I'm the only one who who has a messed up mind like this, like with depression and anxiety, like, because nobody was sharing that type of stuff, you know, on social media. And that's where I turned to whenever I got home from school because I didn't have friends in school, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think it's important. I, I do it myself. I get, like I said, I get told I'm too open, but I think it's important to share the dirty stuff too, because you, you leave people feeling like I'm the only person who has a bad life. I'm the only person who has bad luck right now. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one who has a breakout going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And you know what? That's something that I forgot about until you just said, follow people who yeah. are like that yeah. on social media. Be real or go home. I don't want any mm-hmm. of this facade because social media is like a highlight reel, which is nice. I want to see like your kids' first day of school pictures and your wedding pictures. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see the highlights, but also, yeah, be real. And it's scary to be real because with being real, you get judged. Like you said, like you say, people say you're too open. Like you get some critics when you're real, but you know what? There's right. no other way I can be. Um, yeah. Be real. And, like, you can share as much as you want or as little, but just be real. People go through stuff, and you are not alone, and I'm so happy you know that yeah. you're not alone. Like, I'm so happy that you have been able to see people and identify with them or hear their stories and identify with that because you being alone is, is absolutely right. not truth that's absolutely a lie there are people that face depression whether or not they want to acknowledge it or not and it takes people sharing their story to give others that feel alone like you once did that courage to keep going like I think you and I are the kind of people like we're willing to put ourselves on blast kind of just to help somebody else like Mm -hmm. uh, I just if I would have had somebody like I think this whole movement of self-acceptance and self-love like all the stuff we're talking about I think it's more new to our generate like it's something new that's happening like the older people that we know they didn't really even think about that stuff so we're like starting a whole new revelation here of like let's talk about these things and let's remind you that you're not the only one going through this you know and like we we need to be the people that we needed back when we were feeling alone feeling ugly feeling you know all those awful things you know mm-hmm Preach. And you know what? The generations before us, like you said, I want this first day, like, <laughs> hi, mom, I love you. But um, my mom, I asked her to do an interview. She said, well, you're going to have to give me a little bit of time because, like, I never really yeah. thought about this stuff. And I was like, and you just said it again, Lauren, like, no one really right. gave it much thought then um, and how things negatively impacted the way they felt about themselves. So I'm happy there's this um, this rebirth, this new yeah. thing going on, this movement. And I also want to say a part of this movement too, not only loving yourself for the size you are and what you look like in that way, but also your yeah. race, your gender, um, your 
sexual orientation, um, all that stuff. Like love yourself for yeah. what you are and work on that because that's so important too. And I think it all intersects, even though we focus on the, the body image part, but I think it's so important exactly. to love your whole self yeah. and every entity. Um, so we talked a little bit about your self-love journey and that whole um, conversation we just had, but is there anything else you want to tell us about your self-acceptance, your self-love journey? Um, I will say, um, since I'm an artist, I've, I've learned something that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Like if I would create a painting mm-hmm. and to me, it's just the best painting ever. And then I would, you know, show it to somebody else and they would say, oh, that's not really my style. That that shouldn't, you know, change my mind about the fact that this is the best painting I've ever done. Like, just because you're not somebody's cup of tea um, doesn't mean that you don't have to be, like, to yourself, the hottest and most wonderful person to yourself. Like, you can think you're, you're it, you know? And just because one person mm-hmm. is not their style or not their cup of tea doesn't mean you're not ever going to be somebody's cup of tea, you know? Like, you just have to accept the fact that everybody has different opinions. Everybody has different, like, different strokes for different folks, you know? Like, yes, and if you don't know the person, especially, like, I have, I have a neighbor that recently called me um, a fat, you know what? Um, I let that bother me for weeks. Like, I mean, I could still go on about it, but like the fact of the matter is she ain't my mama. She ain't my cousin. She ain't my friend. Like, who is she? Like, why does her opinion of me matter? Like, if you got people like bullying you and like calling you names, like just remind yourself, like, who, who are you? Like, what, like what value do you have on my life? Like, why do I care what you think of me? You know, like focus on your mom and your dad and like how wonderful they think you are and how beautiful they think you are and your, and your boyfriend and your husband and like people that matter, you know? Yes. I had to clap (laughs) during that because yes, because we let people who mean so little to us hold so much (laughs) of our attention. It is wild. And check yourself. If you're doing that, check yourself. Like you said, who are you? Who, who yep. is this person to me? They're no one. And not saying they're probably somebody, somebody. There's somebody's person. Yeah. Great for mm-hmm. them. Not to me. You're no one to me. So why am I going to? And if you were, you shouldn't be saying bad things right. like that about me anyway. So I have to check your position in my life then. Because someone who deserves being in my life isn't going to make me right. wilt like that. Absolutely. They're going to help me bloom. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And the cup of tea thing, <laughs> I say that all the time. I love that. I'm not everyone's cup of tea, yes. and that's okay. Because I like okay. coffee anyway. <laughs> <Yes>. So, <laughs> there. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that. I love that. Beauty is in the mm-hmm. eye of the beholder. I love that. Um, so what is something your body did for you that you are thankful um, for? Well, the obvious stuff is, you know, it, it gets me to work every day. It helps me to do my everyday thing. It's, it's my, it's my vehicle, you know, um, it helps me to be able to take care of my family. But besides like that normal stuff, um, if I, part of accepting my chronic illnesses, like I said, I'm still in the process of doing that. Um, I, I can look at my chronic illnesses and kind of 
be thankful because um, I feel like it's given me a whole new depth of um, compassion and understanding for others because my, my illnesses are invisible. If you would look at me, you would not be able to tell that I have, I have asthma, I have PCOS, endometriosis, I have depression, anxiety, PTSD. I'm about to get diagnosed with a new autoimmune disease, like in a couple of days, like you would not be able to tell all that by looking at me. And I'm not saying all that to gain, gain pity from everybody. I just want to bring up those names to raise mm -hmm. awareness that, you know, you're not alone if you have those things. Um, but I, I heard somebody recently say, I've never had a migraine before. And I was like, what? You never? <laughs> oh, wait, you went out. Lauren, did you hit mute by accident? Lauren. All good. Okay. Um, we just had a little technical difficulties, but we are back. Lauren, you can go right ahead on what you were saying. Okay. Well, um, I was basically just naming, you know, all of my invisible illnesses and how if you would look at me, you would never be able to tell that I dealt with those things. And um, I spoke to somebody once who said they never had a migraine and that person, they may be able to like, empathize with people but not on the level that I am you know like I if somebody looks like they're having a bad day or like being snappy at the grocery store instead of just thinking oh they're you know they're a snappy kind of person you know they're not the best kind of person I can I can think to myself you know what I'm snappy when I'm in pain from my illnesses so maybe they're dealing with something you know that nobody can see it's given me a whole new depth of understanding and empathy so I'm thankful for that it's made me a more caring person you know yeah and you know what we don't know what people are going through right so we need to be aware of what we're saying mm -hmm. how we're saying it and how that would make others feel and that doesn't make you ignorant or soft or not being able to speak how you feel no that's not it being this way allows you to be empathetic, allows you to connect with others. It's all positive. So that's why, like some people get this um, negative um, connotation with saying things like that. Like we don't know what people are going through. So be careful what you say. Right. Um, it's not a bad thing. That's a great thing, actually. So, um, yeah, I think everything you just said speaks to that. Yeah. Um, and even if like you haven't dealt with like these heavy type of situations like cancer or chronic illness or just anything like it's it's still important to educate yourself on these things like it's like you said you just don't know what people are dealing with right and the only way to know what people are dealing with is to create a safe space for them to talk right. about it right and then listen and learn because if you're telling me, like, I don't know much about chronic illness at all, but you do, you're living it. Mm -hmm. So even if I study it for years and years and years, that does not equate to your story. Your story still brings so much to the table, more than what I could have read in a book. I mean, it's valid too, but personal experience is unrepeatable. You cannot duplicate it is so important and worth more than a million words right personal story yeah. so really just shut up and listen to people mm -hmm. <laughs> um yeah I'm so 
happy that you talked with me today. I'm happy too. I, I feel I feel so good. I was so nervous. You know I was. Just because like I really feel like I don't have like like I don't have it together enough to talk about my life, but you don't have to have it together to inspire people. And you said that at the beginning, you know? Oh, you can say that again. Because <laughs> I am we gotta be real. Yeah. We have to be real because if we wait and wait and wait to tell our story till it's perfect, we'll never tell it. Right. Absolutely. I'm proud of you. You did great. And, um, thank you so much for sharing your story and all your struggles. I know it takes a lot and you should be proud at your bravery. Well, thank you. For being able to do that. So any last words, anything else you want to say to the people before I wrap it up? I think I've said it all. <laughs> yeah. Great. Thanks. Um, so everyone, Thank you for tuning in to Peace with Peace podcast. Um, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to inspire others by your story, because you will inspire others with your story, reach out to me on Facebook. And it is peace as in like a slice with peace as in like a peace sign. So peace with peace. Um, all right. Thanks. Thank Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>